0: Welcome to Typically Hazardous. My name is Hank Fortner, and I'm your host. And I'm excited to bring you a talk today around a subject that inspires me greatly. But also, we're going to try something new today. At the end of this podcast, we're going to toss in some music and accompany the talk I give with a little bit of tunes. This song is a song that I work to regularly. I both write to it, I work to it, I do emails to it. It's an awesome song. It's from a band called U137. And it's a song called Watching the Storm, and they have gracefully allowed us to use this song to accompany these upcoming episodes, so we're going to experiment with it. And as you've probably heard, this podcast is a great experiment of our life and my life and gives us an awesome opportunity to make things and put them out there and let you be a part of them. So thank you for being a part of this experiment, and making things is often typically hazardous, And uh, amazing, so we're so glad that you're a part of this. But today's conversation is typically hazardous. It is about the adventures that you and I are all living. It's about January. The month, January. The month, if you're listening to this in February or March or June or something, then save it, tag it, listen to it. You're going to need this because January is so essentially important. And what's crazy is that we all live this January and many of us we forget that we're actually living an adventure. We're living a something because January for so many people it represents the new. It represents the fresh, it represents a new beginning. It represents the chance for things to change. So if your situation is terrible, you might think of January and the new year as a chance to go Okay, it's all gonna be different. It's all gonna be different. Towards the end of the year, I love when I get emails going, We're just gonna connect in the new year. This is we're just gonna use this in the new year as if the new year is gonna magically deliver us a ton of time and a ton of focus and a lot of opportunity because we just naturally relate to the new as better. But if you're listening and you don't relate to the new as better and you don't see the new year as a new opportunity, I hope this conversation shakes you up a little bit. Whether you're driving in your car, riding on a bicycle somewhere i hope it shakes you up because if you have thoughts like now nah, it'll just be the same as same old same old it's just going to be same old same old then you are not alive and you need to take a deep breath and realize that the new year always brings us something fresh and something hopeful and i hope you hear that loud and clear that the new year is going to jump all over you with something new and hopeful and if you don't believe that, I need you to open your eyes or you just won't see it when it hits you, okay? But for the rest of you, you might be with me or for all of us. where We all kind of relate to January as our chance for a new beginning. It's why we do things like resolutions. See, what's wild about resolutions is it is our internal, intrinsic knowledge. It's what we subconsciously know is that there is more in us. We subconsciously are aware of the fact that there is more to us, that we can be stronger, we can be bolder, we can be better dads and better moms, we can be better husbands and wives, we can be better boyfriends and better humans and better bosses. We all have that drive to be better individuals, to be more of what we're made for. And the new year's a chance to start over. It's a chance for a new beginning. See, there's something about this new beginning that all of us share. We share that anticipation that something can be different. And what's crazy about this is that when you look at the history of January and why it is called January, that's what you find. So here's what's crazy. When you ask people why it's called January, most of the time they just sort of shrug and go, I guess it's like a Roman thing. I guess it's a Gregorian calendar thing. I don't know. Nine out of 10 people can't tell me why it's called January, and I have not met that 10th person. I just know they're out there, and I know you're listening, and you're googling, and you're double-checking what I'm about to tell you, and I greatly appreciate it. You can find me on at Hank Fortner on Twitter, and you can correct anything I say that's wrong, because I love correction. So check this out. January came from the Latin phrase Januarius, the name of a deity who was a Roman deity, and if you're already on Wikipedia, you're listening to this and you're like going, wait a minute, Januarius. Yes, Januarius is where we get the name January. Now, what's nuts is if you follow mythology at all, so many times when you find a myth or when you find a mythological god or a deity or a Roman god or a Norse god, what you find about them is that they all kind of shared certain values. Now, I love myths and I love reading about stories like our boy Janus For January because inside every myth is information and is insight into who we are. See, before there was science and before there were sacred texts that told us about who we were and where we came from, we told stories. And inside of those stories we're told were reflections of what we longed for and who we were and what we hoped for. The mythographer Joseph Campbell wrote these words and he said all of these wonderful poetic images of mythology are referring to something in you. So when we talk about myth these are not old irrelevant stories that don't matter to us anymore. When we talk about myth we talk about the insights and the history of who you and I are now. The fact that these myths carried, the fact that they perpetuated, the fact that they happened, the fact that a mythological God named Janus is now named the first month of our year matters so much to you in your kitchen while you're making food right now. Driving to your work in your Prius or running at the gym or lifting weights or sitting on the tarmac on that airplane, Janus tells us a whole lot about you and me. Now what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about Janus and these new beginnings. I'm going to tell you a little bit about who Janus is, why new beginnings matter. I'm going to give you a few life hacks of how that happens. And we're going to talk a little bit about the life hacks of how to make new beginnings stick in our life. And then I'm going to tell you something about Jesus that's going to freak you out. Whether you are a Jesus person or not a Jesus person, it's going to freak you out. It's amazing. Okay, so we start with Janus. Janus was the Roman god of the door the roman god of doors the roman god of transitions the roman god of passages and the roman god of beginnings and endings he was the god who was called the spirit of the doorway what's crazy about janus different than any of the other roman gods is that he has no other counterpart so in many scenarios what you have is you have like a norse god frig right Oh, and you have a Norse god, Frigg, and then the Roman counterpart is Venus, and they're essentially the same goddess. They just have different practices and different characteristics, but they're essentially the same thing. You have Zeus, and you have Mars, and you have all these gods that have Norse counterparts, and they'll have Mesopotamian counterparts, and they'll have Greek counterparts. But in this category, this was an exclusively Roman god. He had no counterpart in any other culture that we know of and no way of explaining who he was. See, he was only a Roman God, and he was the God who presided over the beginning and ending of things. Now, what he was called, the nickname for him, is that he was the God of gods, because whoever controls the beginning and ending of things has all the power. You ever been in a relationship with a person who, they just decided all the time where you were gonna go, they controlled the schedule, they controlled the calendar, they controlled all of it? Yeah. That's because they held all the power. The person who decides when it begins and when it ends has all the power, so he was called the God of Gods. It's where all of these histories got the idea that if we control the calendar, we control the humans. We'll do another episode in the future that we've put together for you about the calendars and the different calendars and why the calendar constantly changed and why there's so many different ones is because if you can control time, if you can control the beginnings and endings, you have all the power. And see, this is what Janus is. He's the one who controls the beginnings and endings of things. He's the God of the new beginning, He's the God of the entrance of the new beginning. And see, so see, as we step into the new year in this January, what's amazing about this new beginning is that all of us long that something new would happen in us. We make lists of the things we want to change. And if you're like me, life gets so busy, you forget to make lists of what ways you want to change. And that starts to slow down right around the holidays. And then right around the holidays, you start making lists of things as the world stops shooting at you and people are slow to respond to email. You write down things and you go, okay, I want to change my physical health. I want to eat better. I want to work out more. I want to read more. I want to be this kind of dad or this kind of husband. And you start writing these things down. But statistically, those resolutions don't stick with you all the way to March. Statistically, by the time you get to April, the majority of people cannot remember what resolutions they made in January. Statistically, a year later, only 2% of people can even remember what resolutions they made. Not like they don't stick, it's you don't even remember what they were. Yeah, I made some resolution about something and it just didn't stick. But see, the tragedy of that isn't that we don't hold on to these resolutions we toast to at New Year's Eve parties. The tragedy is that all of us, we long for new beginnings and we have new beginnings that make us better and stronger and more whole human beings and we don't stick to them. But it's not that we don't stick to them because we don't want to, it's just that we approach them wrong. So Here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about the life hacks of what we can learn about Janus on how to approach new beginnings so they stick in your life. But First, I'll give you a couple of seconds of thought. What new beginnings do you want to stick? Is it your health? Is it your relationships? Is it your conversations or your words? Is it your interior life? What things in your life do you want to change this January? What new beginning would you like? Maybe this year you want a new relationship. So some things in your life are gonna have to change to be ready for that relationship. What new beginnings await you? In order to get them to stick, there's a few things that we can learn from this Roman God Janus. The first one is that he's the God of the door. See, what I love about that is that a new beginning was not just a decision or a ceremony or a thing, it was a doorway, a passage, a transition. All new beginnings that stick involve passing through a doorway that can close behind you. What I find in my life is in order to actually make a change, I have to go through a doorway. The vulnerable, uncomfortable doorway of decision. Not just something secretly written in a journal or on an iPad somewhere, but that you actually walk through a doorway and people see you and you have enter into a new space. You've thrown yourself in and you close the door behind you. That's how new beginnings stick. So for me, it was always my fitness. I've battled with my fitness for years because I'm just such a weak person. I'm literally the weakest friend you have. I promise you, I'm the weakest person you know. I can work out every day for years and I'm barely as strong as your young son who's never picked out a picked up a weight in his life. So being that weak, it's always been I got to stay in the gym or otherwise I'm just a weak person. I got One time I got mugged. I got beat up by two... F- 12, 15-year-old kids, got my head smashed on the curb, had to go get a CAT scan for my concussion. I mean, it was bad. And these kids weighed like 115 pounds each. I mean, it's embarrassing. I want you to take a moment to just grieve and mourn how weak I've been my whole life. I want you to feel that with me. So I've always said, okay, I've I've written this down before. I'm going to do 100 workouts this this year. It's every three days. It's going to be a hard workout. I'm going to stay in great shape. I get 10 in and I don't have the energy for it. And I decide not to do it, and I just sort of give up on it. But see, this year what I did is I went to this thing, and you're going to judge me, I know it. I went to CrossFit. And what's crazy is going to CrossFit, I, I, I was walking through a doorway, through the doorway of all the judgments I'd held about CrossFit people, through the doorway of all the funny YouTube videos <laughs> I've seen about CrossFit, through the doorway of all the ways I've joked with and made fun of the people who did CrossFit. And I went in because I said, I have to have something that costs me something. It's so expensive to do CrossFit and it costs you your pride. You have to walk in and you can't even do the things that other people are doing with hundreds and hundreds of pounds. You can't even physically do the motions. I can't. And I'm working out with just the bar by myself doing all this stuff in front of a huge window while people are walking by going, look at that guy. He looks like he's going to hurt, hurt someone. That's, that's what I look like in there. And see what was crazy about that decision is now that I'm nearly a year in, what I find is it's stuck in my life and now I'm addicted to it and I love it and it's the only fitness I've ever done that is actually fun for me, that is exciting for me, that I can feel physically different, that I'm healthier in my life and that even when I travel, I'm trying to find the CrossFit gyms because the thing is, I'm not looking for just a gym because I'm addicted to exercise. I want a CrossFit gym and CrossFit is like the AA of fitness. You can go to any city, anywhere in the world. I literally went to one in Bangkok. You can go anywhere in the world and you can find one and everybody's really supportive. And when you go, I can't do that exercise, they're like, man, me too. I went so long and it took me so, and they'll ask you, how long you been in the program? It is the AA of exercise because it's the most supportive community around the world and you can find one anywhere and you can always drop in and people are welcoming you in, see. I went through a doorway, a doorway that cost me something, a doorway that committed me to something, and I wasn't going to be the guy who quit. But see, when I did something quietly, when I did something without community, when I did something that wasn't a commitment from me, then of course it wasn't going to stick. See, to get a new beginnings to stick, you have to walk through a doorway. Same thing happened to me when my wife and I, we saw this movie Inside Out, this animated Pixar movie, or maybe it was Disney, I'm offending the major Pixar fans, for not remembering this, but I'm pretty sure it was Disney or Pixar. And we went and saw this movie and I saw it with my wife. And halfway through the movie, I just got this overwhelming feeling that this movie is gonna ruin me. And it did. If you've ever, haven't seen the movie, you need to go. You gotta check it out, rent it or YouTube it or however you get movies. And I couldn't believe how they took these complex neurological understandings of a child's brain, and packed it into a Pilgrim's Progress-like story where they told you how your kids brain works. And in telling you how your kids brain works, they helped you see how to be a better mom and a better dad. And I walked out of that theater and I looked at my wife and I said, "We got to change the way we do this. We got to change the way we become moms and dads." Cuz see, for me, I've always been around kids my whole life and we I've had tons of brothers and sisters and all that sort of thing. What I can't stand is misbehaving children. What is really hard for me to tolerate is children who are disrespectful to authority disrespectful to people or just downright foul to be around so I never wanted my kids to be like those children so I was really strict with Cora even when she was really really young and then I was really strict with her about authority and about who was in charge and about following the rules and about being respectful and what I realized was that I was raising a kid who was constantly afraid of breaking rules and I was raising a kid who was constantly in the mode of I've just got to make sure I'm doing the right thing And what I was missing was that fun, adventurous, crazy, playful spot where she knew her family was not just a place for structure, but it was a place for adventure and joy. And so I looked at my wife and I said, we're going to change the way we do this and we are going to build the joy center of her brain and she's going to know it and it's going to grow and she's only two, so let's do this. And now there's a time and place every single day where I pick up my daughters and we turn on Justin Bieber and we do dance parties. And when Bieber comes on in a store or if Bieber comes on on the radio somewhere or if Bieber comes on someplace, I pick both my daughters up and we dance to Bieber wherever we are because I want my daughters to know we are going to be a place and a household of joy. But see, the door that I walked through was with this conversation with my wife wasn't just a quiet commitment I made. It was a, we are going to do this and we are going to create this. The doorway was through our relationships. See, this way we make new beginnings stick is that you have to go through a doorway. For you, it might be that you want to kick an addiction and it means you're going to have to walk through a doorway of a room of people who can help you move into a place of wholeness and health. It might be alcohol and you got to know you got to walk through that doorway to AA. It might, for you, it might be your weight or it might be your physical life and you got to go I got to walk through a doorway I got to go through a physical doorway where someone is on the other side of that doorway is going to help me for you you might know you need help in certain areas or you might know you want to change and you might go hey it's my spiritual life and you might go I got to walk through some what doorways can I walk through that commit me to this resolution and new beginning I say I want for my life it's why all the new beginnings were tied to Janus who was the spirit of the doorway So find the spirit of the doorway and say, what door can I walk through that I can't walk back out of so that this new beginning sticks? The second thing you can do is you can embrace the tradition of Janus. See, he was January, which is the beginning of our year. All of us live the beginning of our year with this doorway, this new beginning, stepping out of the old year into the new. But there was also a dedication and a celebration in the first day of every month of the year in Rome was dedicated to Janus. The first day of the first of every month was dedicated to Janus. The beginning of every month ushered out the old month and in the new. See, I love this practice, and I can't believe we never took resolutions this way. Can you imagine how your resolution would stick if the resolutions you made January 1st were also revisited? February 1st and March 1st and April 1st and June 1st, you would carry them through the rest of your year, the the first of every month was when you revisited your resolutions and your new beginnings. The first of every month was when you re-evaluated. Not the first of every year, otherwise you get to April and you go, ah, I got seven months. Seven months, I'll make new commitments. No, it's the first of every month. So as for me and my household, we have a new tradition. The first of every month, and it will begin this year, February 1st, we will pause and we will go, how are we doing on our resolutions? How are we doing against our goals? What are some things we need to adjust and change so that you're making monthly adjustments to the style and routine and ritual of your family, to the practices and new beginnings? You're not just waiting for the new year. See, this is so exciting to me. I can't wait for February 1st because it's a chance for us to reevaluate and to make those resolutions again. It's a chance for us to have another new beginning. So the invitation the learnings of Janus is that we would not only embrace the door that we walk through that commits us, but we would also revisit those commitments and those new beginnings of our life every single month. This would be an awesome practice if you're married or in a relationship, that you would pause with your spouse or with your boyfriend or with your girlfriend, look across the table from each other and say the first of every month we're going to go on a date and just see how we are doing. Yes, we're going to talk about sports and the game and the schedule and the kids and all the things we have to do. We're going to talk about life and careers. We're going to pause and go, how are we doing? See, that's a practice that we can enter into and go the first of every month is a chance for us to adjust. See, didn't Janus teach us some really cool things? The last and third thing he taught us was this really powerful thing of this ritual. See, it was the ritual of these monthly things that actually changed what we did. It actually changed who we are. It is impossible for us to make changes in our life without a regular routine. If we do not adjust our routine, we are not going to adjust our end goal. I read this article that really messed me up and has me reorienting our entire life. It's this article about a psychotherapist who took a job at a hospice in Brooklyn. And he said every time he was studying when he was watching the older people who lived in this nursing home he watched all of them and he said he found that the happiest ones had a daily routine a routine where they woke up at the same time every day they did things at the same time every day they ate the same food in the same place every single day and he was confounded by the fact that they were happier in the routine than the ones who didn't have a routine And see, I resonated so deeply with that because you know what's crazy? Whenever I go on vacation, I get tired. Like, I actually, I feel for some reason it's relaxing and all those sorts of things. But there's a certain sense of fatigue for me that comes through vacation because I don't want to look at a list of things that I can do all the time and have to decide between the ropes course or the adventure or the swimming pool or the beach or the, I don't want to have to decide between all of those things. I I just, I I want to just sort of, for the first time, yeah, it's exciting. Then I kind of want to do the same thing because there's something that's tiring in us about making those decisions, it wears us out to decide where to eat every day and what to eat every day. It tires us out. I'm the kind of person that likes to save the kind of decision-making. If you told me the name of a restaurant, I already know what I want. I don't even look at the menu. If you tell me a neighborhood, I already know where I'm going to go. I don't look at the menu because there's... I don't want to burn that kind of energy. No, don't get me wrong. I love new, new restaurants, and my wife loves to introduce me to new food, and I love new stuff. But in the day-to-day of my life, the routine gives me the ability to avoid burning energy on decisions that don't need to be remade. So if we want to change our lives, we have to decide, if we want new beginnings, we have to decide, yeah, I'm going to go to that CrossFit class every day at seven o'clock. Yes, I'm going to have a time of day every day where I do crazy, hilarious dance parties with my kids. Yes, there's going to be a door I walk through every single week Whether that's a church, or that's AA, or that's my therapist, or that's my doctor, or those are my friends, or these are my people. I'm going to walk through it because I'm going to change my routine to change my outcome. If you don't have a routine, Janus is teaching us a lesson about these rituals. Life is teaching us a lesson about the routine will give you a surplus of energy you didn't know you had. Not only that, but the routine will also give you the power to change the outcomes. A lot of times our new resolutions are just about the change of outcome. But if we don't take the moment to change the routine, we get lost in the hopefulness that something will change on its own. Now, I love that Janus teaches us about the power of routine, about the first day of every month and about walking through a doorway. But I told you I would tell you about Jesus and there's this crazy thing about Jesus that I can't believe no one ever told me. Not only is Janus... The reason that we have January but Janus is a very important Roman God that no one told me anything in all of my years of going to church and going to Christian things and reading the scriptures and never knew what Janus represented to those Romans to every Roman soldier who occupied the world that Jesus walked in and talked in and had conversations in they all knew who Janus was because you see Janus was known as the God who marked the beginning and ending of all war. He was the God whose temple sat right at the beginning of the city. So as Roman soldiers marched out of the city for military conquest, for military war, as they marched out of the city, the doors were open during wartime and closed during peacetime. When the doors were open, a soldier would walk in and he would make a sacrifice, and those sacrifices would save the soldier from war. See, it was Janus who was the one who kept the soldier safe. He was the one who saved the soldier and helped him to walk freely into battle. It was Janus who was the god, this war god of Rome, more powerful than all the other gods who mark the beginning and ending of all war, that sets the stage for when Jesus walks in Jerusalem, and when Jesus walks in Galilee and says these words in John 10, Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go out and find pasture. (laughs) Jesus is telling a group of his Hebrew following that he is the door, and surrounding his Hebrew following are all these Roman soldiers who their entire life have been told that Janus is the door, and that if you go to the door and look to the door on your way to war, you will be saved. And Jesus stands to them and says, I am the door. If you, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go out and find pasture. He is saying, that guy who you think is the God of gods is the old God of gods. He says, I'm the door. I'm the new Janus. I'm the new beginning. And then he goes on one step further and says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus is looking at a group of people who have had their entire livelihoods stolen and killed and destroyed by the Romans and says the thief does that. The evil one does that. Evil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you may have life. And those Roman soldiers shifting in their armor, holding their swords tight by their fists, would hear this Hebrew teacher tell his people that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came that he may have life that he declares that he is now the God who decides the beginning and ending of war. It was Jesus standing on a hillside declaring war against the war God of Rome, and in those simple words explaining to people that war would now come to an end, that this would be the end of war, the end of war inside and outside. No longer would this be a time where we still kill, and destroy, but that Jesus was going to bring life and bring an ending to this battle and to this chaos and to all this murder and all this destruction and all this thievery. See, what Jesus wanted his followers and everyone to know was that war could end. War inside and war outside. Maybe for you, January could not only be an invitation to learn the lessons of Janus, but also the invitations of Jesus. That he invited everybody to put down their swords and to say no more stealing and no more killing and no more destruction, no more war. For you, you might have war inside. Your war may be internal and it may be thoughts and it may be self-worth and it may be anxiety and it may be worry. And you may carry that war and you are the only enemy you have and you destroy your potential and you destroy your life and you listen to hecklers and you search out criticism and it's time to just put an all to an end and say no nah, this is the year of the new god of gods the one who puts an ending to war no more interior war and it's time for the new beginning to be inside you see the other opportunity is that you may have war outside of you You may be in a war, a litigation, you may be in conflict, you may be in hatred, you may be in a terrible scenario wherever you are. Jesus invited people to say, if you enter this door, you will be saved and will go out and find pasture. Pasture was described as that peaceful place where you could rest. He's saying there will be a rest where the war can finally all be over want to invite you to learn the lessons of Janus this January but I want to invite you to hear the invitation of Jesus to say when you enter this door there can be peace and there can be rest and there can be an end of the war because he's going to be the one who says this war is over I hope that your January would be a January where all your new beginnings they stick where all your new beginnings cause you to reset your rituals, to revisit them for the first of every month and to re-enter doorways that have you committed to those new beginnings and that growth of your life because you listen to that voice that tells you you're more and that you can resolve to change and you can resolve to grow. And I hope this January is a crazy January where all of those new beginnings stick for you. And then I hope that you listen to the invitation that Jesus invites you to step out of the war and the destruction and maybe it's self-destruction, maybe it's other people destruction, but that you pull away from it and you go I don't have to play by these rules anymore. Just these rules of war. I'm gonna decide that it's the end of war. When you enter through the door that is Jesus you can reset your rituals, you can reset your first day of every month and you can re-enter a conversation with Jesus that invites you to rest and to peace. I hope your January is a January marked with peace, a January marked with new beginnings, and a January that you cannot think about January the same ever again for the rest of your life. Cheers.